Donnie Darko, minute nine. Don't ask me what you know is true. Don't have to tell you. I love your precious heart. Welcome to the Donnie Darko Minute Podcast, the best, the only, the best and only podcast on the internet dedicated to doing a minute-by-minute breakdown of the cult classic film Donnie Darko. I'm Angelo Natoli, and here with me is Paul Keltz. Heyo. And we're breaking down the ninth minute of the movie. Paul, what happens in this minute? All right, so this minute, it starts off with Eddie uh, grumbling and uh, cursing at, at the TV. And uh, it ends with Donnie sleepwalking down some stairs. All right. So this is the scene we were, this is the moment we were talking about in the last episode. Eddie really hates Dukakis to the point where he like angrily says his name. Yeah. Angela, I think you have a theory on why he hates him so much. All right. So this is the plot for the Eddie Darko origin story. Let's go. We look back. This is early in the Korean War. We find out. That Dukakis is actually a secret agent working for North Korea. Okay, I see. I like where this is going. He murders Eddie's whole platoon, and it's a it's a Rambo esque battle between Eddie and Dukakis. Uh huh. And and he so he hates him. So in the end, he escapes, frames one of Eddie's best friends for the whole thing, and then lies about never even being in Korea. That son of a bitch. Because according to his history. Eddie didn't serve in Korea until 55, which was after the Korean War ended. So he's faked, and now he's running for president. Son of a bitch. Now you, you, get, why, stop him. you get why Eddie hates him so much. Thank God George Bush won, let me tell you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, then Can't we get to I see said that. Eddie loves George Bush. Oh, he, they're homies. Yeah, he like mouths like damn right or something yeah, like that. He's, he tells him, he's, you tell him, George. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, George stumbles on his words a little bit. And that makes me feel better about us stumbling on our words on this show. Because if a president can do it, then we could do it. Right? Yeah. Um, so then we pan over and we get to see the clock. And it's striking midnight. And there's a, it's a pretty sad looking clock they have. Yeah, got a little frowny face on there. Yeah, I mean, it, that's, that's interesting. But uh, maybe the clock is uh, frowning because it knows what it's bringing on. Because as the clock strikes 12 on October 2nd, 1988... We enter the tangent universe. That's right. I'd also like to point out that October 2nd, 1989 is when I was brought into this world. And it's been a tangent universe ever since. (laughs) But uh, I do not let the fact that this movie takes place a year before my birthday cloud my judgment in any way. Yeah, so uh, why don't we go into exactly what is the tangent universe? Okay, so, based on the book, The Philosophy of Time Travel, um, these pages were hidden on the website back in the day when the original movie came out. If the you original knew, viral marketing campaign for a yeah, movie. Yeah, if you knew how to sneak into it and click on the right links, you would eventually get to excerpts from this book. So the chapter one is called The Tangent Universe. Uh, it says, uh, it's a couple of sentences breaking down about what it is, so I'm going to read them. So the primary universe is fraught with great peril, war, plague, famine, and natural disaster are common. Death comes to us all. The fourth dimension of time is a stable construct, though it is not impenetrable. Incidents when the fabric of the fourth dimension become corrupted are incredibly rare. 
If a tangent universe occurs, it will be highly unstable, sustaining itself for no longer than several weeks. Eventually, it will collapse upon itself, forming a black hole within the primary universe capable of destroying all existence. Interesting. Yeah, so... So pretty much, yeah. So from the moment this is on, we only have a couple of weeks to, to, to fix, fix it. everything. Uh, if you also wanted another explanation and of a Donnie, tangent universe, Donnie is our superhero. Yeah, and that's why he has such an alliterative name like Donnie Darko. Yep. It's like Reed Richards, Peter Parker, Clark Kent, very superhero esque. But if you wanted another breakdown of uh, a tangent universe and how it works, more or less, it's the plot of Back to the Future Two. Nice. Essentially, on the on the whiteboard, they kind of explain more or Back less to the future minute. This one's for you. Yeah, well, this is our crossover episode. So li- listen to whatever their episode when they break down that scene in Back to the Future. They probably do a better job of us than yeah. us doing it. So we hear the first voice of whoever is pulling all the strings of Donnie. Yeah, it's a it's a creepy uh, modulated voice. You know, there's no no special trickery to it. Just a, a regular guy's voice run through a modulator. Yeah, and it says, "Wake up." So we hear his first command, and evidently Donnie can't resist. He yeah, does what's sold. Sleepwalks right down the stairs. Doesn't you know knock anything over. Doesn't walk into anything. Pretty good. As as he walks out of his room, though, we get a shot of his ceiling for the first time, and there's two things of interest. We see an American flag, and a poster of Icarus. But it's yeah. not just a random poster of Icarus, is it, Paul? No, apparently Icarus is you know very much associated with Led Zeppelin but uh apparently Led Zeppelin has never used Icarus f- as a symbol for them you know or any in any artwork for them or anything any album covers or anything it's just uh it's actually for their uh label wow that's crazy Swan Song records yeah so i mean it's so, something that's so you know so in, in, it's I like mean, it's Zeppelin incarnate I ha- who doesn't have a Led Zeppelin t-shirt with Icarus on it you know yeah, I would have thought for sure it was a cover in an album or something. I'm not the yep. biggest Led Zeppelin fan, though, but... My boy Donnie is. Yeah, Donnie. He, he, he falls asleep every night staring up at a At Led America Zeppelin and Led Zeppelin. What's better, what's better than that? All right, so yeah. So then Donnie walks out into the hall, goes down the stairs. And let me tell you, those that staircase and the way it's lit and everything, it's a really nice scene. I like that. It's very, like, uh, you know, creepy. Gives off that vibe, like it's uh, The Shining or something. Yeah, yeah. The way it's lit, the shadows from the banister, and even even in his room, it's like lit from like from below. It looks like because the lights shining, the light from his window is shining up onto the uh, Icarus and American flag on his on his ceiling. Can we discuss that the lights are on? At no point do we see Donnie turn on the lights. So is Donnie afraid of the dark? Like, what's up with that? Donnie Darko afraid of the dark. Yeah, right. I mean, maybe he was just, you know, reading that book so much and he just passed that while he was reading. I guess. I suppose. Uh, What else do we really have to say about this minute? Again, we get another shot of the shelves by his bed, but we can't make anything out. I'm really excited for that 4K restoration. I want to know what those little pictures are on the wall. I'm telling you, it's got to be laid out somewhere. We got to find the person that did, you know, that set the scene up. For this yeah, we gotta hunt him down for this scene and just like let let us know exactly what's on Donnie's shelves. I think if there seems to be on the left of it. It looks like a a Grim Reaper doll or something below the the eye poster. I don't know. He can't really make it out though. Interesting. Yeah, no, I'm looking at it too. I can't really make out. He's got like these little pictures all next to his bed. Yeah, like almost postcard sized maybe. Yeah, they have. Nice wallpaper in their hallway. I mean, who has wallpaper anymore? <laughs> yeah, that's a very 1980s yeah, thing, I definitely. guess. And even the, the chandelier is still lit. Yeah, yeah. 
I guess uh, the Darko family, they got you know, money to bowling. waste on electricity. Seriously. In the scene where Eddie's watching the TV, though, they seem to have a lot of expensive uh, audio equipment. Got a nice home stereo Yeah, over definitely. There. You know, they listen, that that's like the biggest TV you could get in 1988, all right? They, <laughs> they aren't uh, cheap. Oh, my goodness. And they're like pieces of furniture. <laughs> they're huge. I am not. I am glad that our TVs are much smaller nowadays. They're bigger, but thinner. Yeah. All right, so I think we're going to wrap up this minute now. Um, right. You could find us at Darty Darko Man on Twitter. You could find me at Hello Jello, Jello spelled G E L O like my name. Please tweet me and let me know if you want me to stop with these stupid ideas for movies. Uh, Paul, where can they find you? You can find me at Paulie K K A Y 85 on Twitter. All right, and uh, check us out tomorrow as we wrap up week two of our podcast. See you then. We could live